Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, February 23rd, 2024. Today, police in Oklahoma are not yet releasing the autopsy report of Nex Benedict, a non-binary teen beaten in a school restroom who died the next day. President Biden met with the widow of Navalny and her daughter in California. Tim Burke was arrested and indicted on hacking charges, and a judge rules that a Texas school's hair-length policies do not violate the Crown Act. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, it's Friday. How are you? I am doing better today. And if I can just take a moment, I want to thank the Beans community. A lot of you sent very nice tweets, um, just sending me love and uh, strength for a better day. I know that I was emotional yesterday. It will probably carry on into today. The reason I was struggling yesterday is because of the very hard story that we will cover today about Next Benedict. And so please know that that what is it is based in and um, our structure is going to be a little bit different today. Yeah, we are going to have a little bit of a different show. We only have one story in the hot notes and that is the next Benedict story. Um, there'll be no hot notes stinger, which is, you know, the uh, stinger is that bit of music that we play before the hot notes. And I've selected what I think is the most comprehensive reporting on this story. Uh, to share with you. And later in the show, I will be talking with John Fugelsang. Uh, we recorded that interview earlier. We're going to be talking about IVF and the Smirnoff indictment. And of course, we will have the good news at the end of the show, and we're going to need it. Uh, please send us your good news at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. So bear with us today. This one's going to be hard to get through. But first, we have some quick hits. First up from NBC, President Joe Biden met with the widow of Alexei Navalny. Her name is Yulia Navalny and her daughter, Dasha, in California Thursday, less than a week after her husband was murdered in a Russian prison. Quote, I had the honor of meeting with Alexei Navalny's wife and daughter and to state the obvious. He was a man of incredible courage and it's amazing how his wife and daughter are emulating that. That's what Joe Biden told reporters. He went on to say, we're going to be announcing sanctions against Putin, who is responsible for his death tomorrow. 
Thank you, AG. And Daryl George. Daryl is an 18-year-old. He's been disciplined for much of the school year after refusing to cut his hair to comply with the school dress code. And a judge on Thursday ruled that his Texas high school was not violating the state's Crown Act by punishing a black teen over the length of his dreadlocks. The decision was met with sighs and gasps by many of those gathered in the courthouse, which included the student, Daryl George's supporters, and natural hair advocates. And this is a quote, all because of my hair, he said. That's according to Matthews. He said, I can't get my education because of my hair. I can't be around my peers and enjoy my junior year because of my hair. Matthews said the family has vowed not to, quote, lay down. They would continue to fight, and I hope that they do. Yeah, me too. And from the Daily Beast, journalist Tim Burke was arrested Thursday morning and indicted on charges related to the alleged hacking of the behind-the-scenes Fox News videos in the aftermath of Tucker Carlson leaving the network last year. Burke, who's 45, was taken into custody in Tampa, and the Tampa Bay Times reported he was scheduled to appear Thursday afternoon. The Times reports that he faces one count of conspiracy, six counts of accessing a protected computer without authorization, and seven counts of intercepting or disclosing wire, oral, or electronic communications. We'll go into that story when we have more details. Thanks so much, A.G. And from Sollingberger at The Daily Beast, on Wednesday, the opening day of CPAC 2024, the Alexandria City Courthouse posted a batch of eye-popping new filings in the sexual battery and defamation lawsuit against Matt Schlapp, including a subpoena to a CPAC official alleged to have overseen document destruction days after the accusations were first publicly reported. Schlapp was on notice at the time about potential legal action. So we're going to have more in this story as it continues to develop. Sounds like some things were shredded. Yeah. Document destruction, never a good plan. No. Um, Especially within days of sexual assault accusations being filed in court. All right. This is from Bevan Hurley at The Independent. And again, content warning for hate crimes and death. Whenever Oklahoma teenager, next Benedict, was bullied at school for being transgender, their mother, Sue Benedict, would encourage the 16-year-old to rise above the tormentors. Quote, I said, you've got to be strong and look the other way because these people don't know who you are. That's what Ms. Benedict told the Independent in a phone interview. Quote, I didn't know how bad it had gotten. The bullying had started in earnest at the beginning of the 2023 school year, a few months after Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt signed a bill that required public school students to use bathrooms that matched the sex listed on their birth certificates. Now, a few weeks ago, on February 7th, the bullying allegedly erupted in violence when Nex suffered severe head injuries during a physical altercation at Owasso High School, and that's according to the Owasso Police Department. Sue Benedict told The Independent she was called to the school that day to find Nex badly beaten with bruises over their face and eyes and with scratches on the back of their head. Nex told her that they and another transgender student at Owasso High School had been in a fight with three older girls in a bathroom. Nex was knocked to the ground during the fight and hit their head on the floor. That's according to their mother. Miss Benedict says she was furious. The school had failed to call an ambulance or the police. She said the school then informed her that Nex was being suspended for two weeks. She took Nex to the Bailey Medical Center in Owasso for treatment. They spoke to a police school resource officer at the medical facility, and then they were discharged. And that night, Nex went to bed with a sore head, eventually fell asleep while listening to music. And the next afternoon, Nex was getting ready to go to Tulsa with Ms. Benedict for an appointment when they collapsed in the family living room. Ms. Benedict called an ambulance, and Owasso Fire Department medics arrived to find Nex had stopped breathing. Nex was taken to the St. Francis Pediatric Emergency Room, where they were later declared dead. In a statement, the Owasso Police Department said they were conducting a very active and thorough investigation of the time and events that led up to the death of the student. Owasso PD spokesperson Nick Boatman told The Independent that police were awaiting the results of a toxicology and autopsy report from the Oklahoma Medical Examiner's Office before determining whether anyone would be charged. Mr. Boatman said all charges will be on the table once a cause of death is confirmed. In an update on Tuesday, February 20th, Mr. Boatman said detectives were interviewing school staff and students and would be submitting their investigation to the Tulsa County District Attorney's Office for review. 
Owasso police issued a subsequent statement on February 21st to say that an autopsy indicated that Nex had not died as a result of trauma. What, quote, while the investigation continues into the altercation, preliminary information from the medical examiner's office is that a complete autopsy was performed and indicated that the decedent did not die as a result of trauma. That's from the police. The Benedict family later released a statement through their lawyers saying they would conduct an independent investigation into Nex's death. The family said the facts surrounding Nex's death, some of which have not been released publicly, were troubling at best. An Owasso Public School spokesperson declined to provide information about the assault or the school's response when contacted by the independent, citing an active police investigation. LGBTQ advocacy groups have described Nex's death as a hate crime and linked it to the hateful rhetoric spewed by leaders in our state and the libs of TikTok account run by far-right social media influencer Shia Raychik. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ms. Raychik, a New York-based former real estate agent, became a cause celebre among conservatives for using her libs of TikTok account to post edited anti-trans videos that target public school teachers and librarians. An Owasso high school teacher, who Nex had greatly admired, resigned in 2022 after they were featured in one of Ms. Raychik's posts. Ms. Raychik did not respond to requests for comment by the Independent, but on Twitter she denied any link to the death and said she was unjustly being blamed for murder. Like many parents, Sue Benedict and her husband Walter at times struggled to understand the nuances of Nex's gender fluidity. Ms. Benedict is Nex's biological grandmother and raised them since they were two months old, along with her five other children. She formally adopted Nex a few years ago. She told the Independent that Nex was always understanding if she used an incorrect pronoun or called Nex by their birth name. Quote, Nex did not see themselves as male or female, Ms. Benedict said. Nex saw themselves right down the middle. I was still learning about it, and Nex was teaching me that. Quote, when you're old school, you don't always understand it, her husband Walter said. But it would be very boring if we were all the same. It's on the inside that matters most. The family who traced part of their roots to the Choctaw Nation, encouraged open discussions about questions of gender and identity. Ms. Benedict said, I was very open with my children to be who and what they thought was best. They could talk to me about anything. As long as that respect goes both ways, a child needs to figure out who they are and what they want to be, and you can't force it upon them. Now, Nex's sister, Malia Pila, who is also a member of the LGBTQ community, told The Independent in an interview that Nex's fluid gender identity, quote, was not an issue or anything anybody cared about in the family. Nex was a straight-A student who enjoyed drawing, reading, playing video games, ARC, and Minecraft, and was devoted to their cat, Zeus. Quote, I was so proud of Nex. They were going someplace. They were so free, she said. Excuse me. I'll take over for a bit, absolutely. In April 2022, Owasso High School teacher Tyler Wren was featured in a surreptitiously filmed libs of TikTok post telling students, and I quote, if your parents don't accept you for who you are, fuck them. Now that incident sparked a backlash in the small Oklahoma city of about 40,000 residents and Mr. Wren resigned from the Owasso public school system. All because of this post, by the way, on TikTok. Next was very angry about it. That's what Miss Benedict said. Next was very close with this person, by the way. Miss Benedict said that teachers who encouraged debate about gender issues were not promoting sexualized content. Quote, they're allowing the students to be who they are. Miss Benedict said she first became aware that Next was being bullied at the school in early 2023. Quote, they'd go straight to their room and put on their radio. And I'd say, okay, you got to decompress for a little bit and then come out and talk about it. Ms. Benedict said she remains furious at the school for failing to call police or seek medical attention for Nex and wants to see the children who allegedly assaulted Nex punished. I personally would also like to see the teacher that broke up the fight and didn't call the fucking ambulance or the police, even though Nex could not walk themselves to the nurse's office alone, be held responsible. That is my interjection to the story so far. And this is a quote so many people push kids to be one thing and you've got to let them find themselves and be who they should be. That's what Miss Benedict said. Society has got to see them as they are, accept them and go on. 
because we're all people. This is where this perfect storm begins. Last August, a libs of TikTok post showing an edited video critical of public school librarian in Tulsa led to several consecutive days of bomb threats to schools in the district. This is all from Miss Rachik's account. She's an anti-LGBTQ poster, have been linked to nearly three dozen threats made towards schools, libraries, hospitals, businesses across 16 states, according to recent NBC News investigation. Last month, Oklahoma's Republican superintendent of public schools, Ryan Walters, appointed her. She lives in New York State, appointed her to the state's library advisory committee. She's now in charge of book banning is what that means. Mr. Walter has not commented publicly on Nex's death. He put out a video on X on President's Day decreeing, quote, radical woke college professors for placing Donald Trump at the bottom of a list of the United States greatest presidents. We judge presidents by outcomes, not woke ideology. Again, this is from the superintendent. Freedom Oklahoma, an LGBTQ advocacy group, blamed Oklahoman lawmakers and Ms. Rachik for promoting bigotry and intolerance toward trans students after Nexus death. The group said that Ms. Rachik, quote, continues to use her platform in ways that leads others to threaten real harm of Oklahoma kids. We want to be clear whether Nex died as a direct result of injury sustained in the brutal hate-motivated attack at school or not. Nex's death as a result of being the target of physical and emotional harm because of who Nex was. This is what the group wrote. Since their death, Ms. Benedict said she had barely slept and been walking in a blur. When it came time to place an obituary, Ms. Benedict said that she had provided Nex's birth name by accident. This has led to some media coverage of Nexus death using their birth name, or is what they call dead naming. Quote, when you're going through something like this and you lose a child, you're not thinking right. We're getting a headstone done and Nex will be on there. Nexus funeral was held at the Maori Funeral Service on 15th of February. After the service, police officers from Owasso and the neighboring city of Collinsville accompanied members of the local chapter of Bikers Against Child Abuse as they provided an escort from the service to the grave site. A GoFundMe page set up help with funeral costs and has raised more than $100,000. And Ms. Benedict said she plans to donate most of that money to the LGBTQ plus anti-bullying organizations. And we're going to have that link in the show notes for anyone that would like to as well participate in that. Quote, next had a light in them that was so big. They had so many dreams. AJ, if you can. Yeah. They had so many dreams. I want their light to keep shining for everyone. That light was so big and bright and beautiful. And I want everyone to remember next that way. In a statement released through their lawyers on February 21st, the Benedict family urged police to investigate all potentially liable parties and to do so fully, fairly, and expediently. On February 7th, 2024, the Benedict family sent their child, next Benedict, to Owasso High School, trusting, like any parent or family member should be able to, that it was a safe environment for their loved one. That's from Oklahoma City-based BB Law Firm in a statement. While at Owasso High School, Nex was attacked and assaulted in a bathroom by a group of other students. A day later, the Benedict's beautiful child lost their life. The Benedict family called on, quote, school, local, state, and national officials to join forces to determine why this happened, to hold those responsible to account, and to ensure it never happens again. Quote, notwithstanding, the family is independently interviewing witnesses and collecting all available evidence. Again, we'll have a link to that GoFundMe in the show notes. Um, still don't have the autopsy. And although the Owasso police are reviewing the incident, they are not calling it a criminal investigation at this point. The autopsy report will be available at a later unspecified date, according to the police. You know, um, I just want to make a couple of things apparent. Next, and their friend, who also happened to be transgender, were in the bathroom that the school was requiring them to use. They weren't breaking the rules. They were actually in the bathroom that they were required to use. And these three girls, and it's really hard for me to believe that these three girls, just as on their own accord, not with any teaching from their families, their school system, TikTok, would think it's okay to beat up another human being to the point 
where they've fallen and hit their head on the ground and done nothing. I don't know who their parents are. I don't know how their parents feel about this, but I know that we're sort of yelling in an echo chamber on this podcast, but if there's any, you know, I think sometimes people listen to this stuff to troll and just to, you know, see a different point of view. And I just have to, I have to hope that somehow other parents are getting reached, that no matter who your child is, non-binary, trans, cis, these parents were at work, grandparents at work, while this child was being beaten at school. And I don't understand how any parent, no matter what side of the political aisle you sit on, imagining that that was their own child, wouldn't want to fucking do something about this. The rhetoric, the lies about the trans and non-binary community, this is what it's leading to. These kids were in the bathroom that they were told to use by the school, even though it's not the bathroom that they identify with. They were following the fucking rules. I hope that these students are held accountable. I hope the teacher that did not call the police that broke up the fight is held accountable. And I hope there is something in this fucking person on TikTok who runs the lives of TikTok that maybe somewhere inside her, somewhere she's got some humanity left that will feel like maybe this has gone too far. This isn't just posts that she puts up, you guys. She doxes people. She puts their addresses in these videos online. She edits these videos to make it sound like people are saying things that are not. She is a horrible fucking human being. And let me iterate, she has no children in this school system. She lives in the state of New York and was somehow put on the school library, whatever the fuck it's called, board in the school system because of this anti-trans person who is running the school system down there. This has to stop. It has to fucking stop. You know, if there's any thing that comes out of this tragedy, I hope, I hope that there is some public discourse that parents on the other side can put themselves in their shoes and realize that what if these kids decided their kid that they didn't like their kid because they're wearing something they didn't like or they have a haircut they didn't like or they're going by a nickname they didn't like and then they what they decide to beat them up when i was a freshman in high school ag i had short hair everyone thought i was a boy and if we were living now and the world was there it is now as it was when I was a freshman in high school. I was bullied, but I wasn't bullied like this. But there's no saying that I wouldn't have been. I have non-binary kids in my family. These are people we care about. The fucking rhetoric has got to stop. And when we say vote blue, this is why we have to get these people out of positions. And I'm not just talking about the higher elections. These are down ballot. This is in the school board. This is in the student, the city council. This is all the way the fuck down. The state legislature, the governor. All of it. Don't go in and vote in November and click a box that's just for the president and walk out. Please. So yesterday was the day that I lost it. Between this and everything that's going on with the war, that was why I was in that space because of this poor child. And I still struggle with it. As you know, this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I stand on stages and I raise millions of dollars and I still can't keep this from fucking happening. And it's infuriating. So if you're a trans and non-binary person and you have a trans or non-binary child, please know that the two of us are doing everything we can to fight for your child, to fight for you. I will not stop. Sometimes I wonder if like, I get frustrated because my career has shifted into such a political space and I try and shift myself out of it because it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming for us to have to do this every day. You've got to take breaks. But then something like this happens and I'm like, if I can reach one person if I can raise another $1,000 for a candidate that is going to beat one of these fucking Trumpers, 
who don't believe that trans and non-binary people should thrive in this world, then it's worth it. But I am fucking tired. And I know you all are tired. But we have to continue this fight and we have to continue to march forward. We have to continue to get people out to vote. It's the only way this is going to change. The public discourse has gotten out of hand and I really hope this is some sort of a breaking point. This child's death cannot be in vain. I love you all very much. Yeah, thank you all for having us um, and having our backs and we've got yours. And um, Dana, thank you, my friend, for all that you do. I know it's hard. I had the day I went through this and and just tons of, you know, uh, lots of other stories the countless bills, the, I mean, the hate crime. We're here in my town in California. Yeah. Um, having to go and, and, and put a, a, a block up against people who want Nazis who want to march against a drag show. Um, there's so many days I think about just quitting. Like I have to, I have to walk away, yeah. but I can't. And, it's because of you, Dana, and it's because of everybody listening that I'm able to stay in this fight. And and I, I hope that I'm reporting this correctly. We talked about it on Stephanie Miller. I also believe that this family is part of a reservation and two-spirited people are celebrated within this reservation. Choctaw. Within yeah. this tribe. And from what I understand, the chief of the tribe is absolutely fucking furious and I hope something is going to be done. I do too. We have to. I know. I just wish that I could reach the people that aren't listening to this podcast. I don't. I don't know how. I just. I think that's where my frustration comes from. I'm like, how do we fix this? Yeah, and that's that's the that's the hard that's the hard part. It feels like Sisyphus, right? It feels like you're just pushing this rock up a mountain forever. And I hope yeah. we break through. I hope. I hope we get to the top soon. Um, but, it, you know, again, thank you you all for helping us. Sorry, I get very whiny when I'm crying and trying to talk. No. <laughs> I can hear myself, too, afterwards, and I'm like, oh, my God, get a grip. No, it's okay. Yeah. I love you all. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You put everything else in perspective, like all the other news makes me angry, but this one is deeply, deeply saddening. And it's, it's, it's concerning. And I hope something will come from it that is some sort of collateral beauty from this devastating loss. Agreed. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, it is Friday, and that means it's Fugelsang Fridays with my friend John Fugelsang. You can catch him weeknights on Sirius XM Progress Channel 127 with the Tell Me Everything show. And that's 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. And of course, if you don't have Sirius, you can always listen to his podcast for free wherever you get your pods. And it's the John Fugelsang show. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Allison. It's great to see you. It is great to see you, my friend. Boy, what a week. Uh, what a week this I'm having, right? This has really been the week where America has asked the question, can a, can a racist hat salesman transition to an adjudicated rapist shoe salesman? It's amazing to be alive for this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's, these are unprecedented times to Indeed. use, to, to coin a phrase. Um, we need more words, by the way. Um, <laughs> we've run out of adjectives. We ran out of adjectives in 2017. Yeah, the word unprecedented was used an unprecedented amount by 2018. It's no good anymore. Yeah. And you remember the whole today Trump became a president or, you know, presidential or whatever. <laughs> I, I just I, I call it what the fuck fatigue, Miss Gill. I feel like our outrage circuits are completely burned out and we're supposed to be in the period of the great unclenching. You know, like we all clenched up a part of our body when Trump was elected. Your 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 jaw, your shoulders, your sphincter, your fists like Ugh! And then we're supposed to unclench, but then we had COVID, and then we've had all this PTSD, pandemic, Trump, shitstorm, dystopia, continuing. Uh, so I just call this entire period the era of what-the-fuck fatigue, where we just lose track of the what-the-fucks we must encounter every day. Yeah, speaking of one of those what-the-fucks, an Alabama Supreme Court has quoted the Bible and used God as part of their constitution to say that frozen embryos are people. So right now... 
A frozen uh, Petri dish somewhere in Alabama has more rights than I do in that state. Uh, I had, you know, I mean, we've seen all of the jokes as in, you know, well, can, and not even jokes, but, you know, uh, uh, questions that this brings up, like, well, Many. child support or is an embryo now a citizen, uh, et, et cetera. And my question is, can I count all of the frozen embryos in Alabama and make a max donation to Joe Biden for each one of them because they're people. They're uh, people. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this because I know that you know the Bible backwards and forwards uh, and how it does not comport with what's in the uh, Alabama Constitution or this decision. IVF, uh, I, I think Mike and Karen Pence uh, have an IVF baby. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, you know, 6% of the population uh, uses this, and there are between 300,000 and 1 million frozen embryos. I'm sorry, children that are sitting frozen somewhere. Um, now, obviously, the reason you can freeze an embryo and not freeze a baby is because embryos are not babies. Um, and it's a very simple King Solomon-sized challenge. I'm going to hold a baby in this hand. I'm going to hold a frozen embryo in this hand. I'm going to drop them both at the same time. 100 out of 100 people will drop the baby because that's a baby, not an embryo. So uh, I have many, many questions. First off, um, can I declare my frozen embryos dependence on my mm -hmm. taxes? Can I declare my frozen embryos uh, when I go and get life insurance? Can I take out life insurance policies on every one of them? And if one of them dies, uh, is that manslaughter? Is that a crime scene? This happened because there were three couples in Alabama, three actual couples who were trying to use IVF to have babies. And they did. It worked. They all had babies. They were all happy. But it's very shady. Somehow someone who was a patient in the hospital was allowed or trespassed into the room where the frozen embryos are kept. The entire thing stinks like Ted Cruz's hamper, Allison. They, they went into the drawer, tried to pick up the frozen embryos, discovered these are cold. Again, we're in Alabama here and dropped them, which killed them. So the whole question is, is it manslaughter? Is the hospital liable for murder or manslaughter? But the other questions are much more interesting. If I have a shelf of frozen embryos, is that a preschool? Um, can, eight, can, can people now drink on their 18-year, three-month birthdays since we now begin our lives nine months easy, earlier than pre Can an 18-year-old frozen embryo vote? Can a 21-year-old frozen embryo buy a beer? I, I, I'm coming up with more questions every day, but it's not based on anything in the Bible. It's all based on men trying to control women. Uh, the the yeah, judge. That was my question: was why? Oh, because, the, you know, even in Texas with the Kate Cox story, the the judge was like, "You should be able to go get an abortion because we want to save your fertility." That's the wrong reason in my mind. Yeah. But yeah. they're they're always pro fertility, so it. it makes no sense to me outside of just trying to control women and and families and planning why they would want to stop the birth of more babies. Because, Allison, you and others of your kind are actually broodmares for the state. And they believe that based on things they think are in this Bible, none of them have read. So the, the justice in this case, his name is Tom Parker. And I think it's very fitting that the con man who killed Elvis wrote an opinion on this. Um, illegal immigrant, by the way, uh, Colonel Tom Parker. And he quoted the book of Jeremiah, which is always quoted by our pro-criminalizing abortion friends, because, you know, they can't quote Jesus when they're trying to ban abortion. They can't quote Jesus when they're trying to take away birth control. They can't quote Jesus when they want to be homophobic or fight to make the rich richer. They never quote Jesus because they don't follow him. He quotes the book of Jeremiah, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you which we hear a lot of our right-wing conservative loved ones using that expression the entire time, except that is God. And again, my philosophy on the Bible is, let's take it all as 100% literal fact. That passage is God explaining to Jeremiah that he was always destined to be a prophet. That's all it is. It's not God. Yeah, and I, you know, I've seen the seventh sign with Demi Moore. I, I mm -hmm. thought that what he was referring to was, you know, the guff, the hall of souls where everyone is kept before they're 
before they're sent down to the womb. I exactly. never took it to mean that. I've seen movies. I know movies. And that is what I know. But this is the verse they use to try to take away women's rights. Before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. And all it is is God telling Jeremiah, I got a job for you. You're going to be a prophet. It does not say that the state should have the power to force women to be pregnant against their will. It doesn't say punish poor women with greater poverty. It doesn't say that 10-year-old rape victims have to carry their rapist baby. And it doesn't say anything about Greg Abbott and Donald Trump guaranteeing that right now there are 26,313 women in Texas since Dobbs was overturned who have become pregnant by rape. 26,313 women in Texas, Donald Trump and Greg Abbott, are forcing against their will to be pregnant by their rapist. It's the same culture, and none of it is in the Bible. And that's why I want to see a much more robust pushback against this, because there's nothing in the Bible you can use against IVF. And I include the Catholics on this because they're pulling the same thing. This technology allows people who want to have children to have children. You'd think the pro-lifers would be behind it, but it gives women a little too much latitude to get creative with motherhood. And that threatens the men who are here to control you. Mm. Well, yeah, because I couldn't I couldn't square that circle. It didn't make any sense to me. But it no. makes no sense. No. And, and by the way, what are the legal challenges going to be to this, Miss Gill? You would know better than me. I mean, I don't see any way this can stand. Nikki Haley has already come down on the side of this saying that embryos are children and it's lunacy and it's not Christian. These people are blaspheming. If they try to claim the Bible gives them license, they are blasphemers and need to be called out. Well, it would have to be, I would say, a lawsuit under the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause for people who aren't Christian uh, would be the way to go. Um, I agree. Uh, particularly, you know, I, I've seen several synagogues and groups of uh, Jewish people suing on the on the Dobbs stuff because... Yeah. That under the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, and, and I, I agree with them as well. And, and also because the Bible is in no way ever against abortion, ever, and it's the greatest con that's been perpetrated on our generation. Uh, two generations of Christians have been systemically groomed to replace everything Jesus talked about with criminalizing abortion, which does not appear at all in the Bible. They are legal and free in Israel right now. Yeah, you know I agree with you, my friend. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you before I let you go is uh, this really fun and I think funny. I love this story. Revelation that the star witness and central piece of corroborating evidence, key piece of evidence, the FBI form 1023, um, the guy who uh, submitted that uh, has been indicted by the guy investigating Hunter Biden, no less. Yes. And prosecuting Hunter Biden, no less. For lying, not just lying, but falsifying a, a document in a federal investigation, which is 1519. That carries up to a 20-year right. sentence for, That's right. um, under the obstruction of justice uh, statute there. And uh, boy, now we see Comer and Jordan back out on TV saying, well, we hardly knew him. Uh, and uh, we have other that that doesn't change the underlying facts when all it does is change the underlying facts. Completely. Um, and, you know, we've then we've got the credible witness, the credible witness we've listened yeah. to. For, we've heard for over a year, the credible witness. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Jim, Jim Biden saying, I have never had anything to do with my brother. Uh, my business has never had anything to do with my brother. Every single witness they bring in has either been indicted for hanging out with spies, either in Russia or China, or has actually undercut what what they've been trying to say. It's time for this bogus impeachment inquiry to die. But further than that, I think that there should be some investigations into why Bill Barr didn't indict Smirnoff in 2020, why he yes. brought it in through his special Rudy filter guy in Pittsburgh and handed it over to David Weiss and says, take another look at this after the entire intelligence community had come to both Congress and the White House and Bill Barr and Cipollone and everybody and said, right. Rudy is being, he is a target of Russian disinformation. What you're doing, it, they even had a private sit down with Ron Johnson. Oh, uh, they knew. They all knew. So they all knew, but they still, but Bill, Bill Barr still gave it over to Weiss and said, hey, take another look at this. I think it might have had something to do with the plea deal blowing up. It needs to be investigated. Where the hell is the Senate Judiciary Committee? The Dems have been in charge of the Senate for a while now. I haven't seen any real meaningful investigation into this. Correct, Mundo. DOJ Inspector General 
Um, you know, I know a lot of people are like, why haven't Mer- why didn't Merrick Garland indict him in the last three years? Because it was hidden. It was siloed in the David Weiss investigation and he had no idea right. about it. So I, I just want to get your thoughts on this this now desperate trying to spin the fact that their star witness has been indicted for laundering Russian information and disinformation saying, well, we don't know him and he wasn't a key part of our investigation anyway. Let's move on. There's so much here. I mean, this is why they had to impeach Mayorkas, because they knew they knew what would happen if they tried to impeach the president on this. Um, I, I almost don't know where to begin. I want to begin by thanking you, Ms. Gill, for being so brilliant on this issue. Your stuff on social media is so ahead of the pack. Everyone is following what you are doing, and you are just so far ahead on this. And I, it's one of the many areas where I learned from you. This is also one of the areas where it shows how nice it would be if America had what we used to call an attorney general working as our top cop. Uh, being on top of these things. Merrick Garland is still locked in a very, very intense investigation to find out if Will Smith really slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars two years ago. He can't really move forward until he determines something there. Um, They used Giuliani to launder these lies. It was like money laundering, but with Russian disinformation. And they all knew it. And I kind of feel like I was as surprised as many to see, oh, it's Weiss, the same guy that was going after Hunter Biden, who's now, is he flipping Smirnoff? What's happening? I think Weiss is continuing to launder it. This is why Merrick Garland needs to appoint a special counsel right away, because Bill Barr is complicit in this. And I think a big part of this is is Weiss trying to protect Bill Barr beyond the grave. And um, and Brady, right? The Pittsburgh and, guy. Because yeah. there's two very big conflicting pieces of information here. Bill Barr went out and said last year, we handed this off in 2020 to David Weiss. But David Weiss puts in his indictment of Smirnoff, no, 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 the FBI didn't come to me until 2023, three That's years right. later, to ask me to do it. In fact, yeah. in 2020, Bill Barr and his paydag, who at the time was Donahue, and uh, the... I think deputy director of the FBI, Bowditch, told me the case was closed. Brady had closed it. There yep. was nothing. So those are two very conflicting stories about what happened here. And Barr is continuing to say, no, I gave it to you in 2020. What yeah. really happened? We need to know. Uh, was it a, a frame job? Uh, you know, and yes. I hate to I hate to sound conspiratorial, but I mean, we but have to find Allison, out who's telling the not. truth. No, no. Conspiratorial is saying that Hunter Biden was so high, he dropped off his laptop full of incriminating evidence and poured that Hunter Biden got hacked and his stuff was stolen. The conspiracy theory is that he was so stoned, he left his laptop at a repair shop and that led all this to happen. That's the conspiracy theory. I mean, to me, the best part about this is some of the politicians who should have been held to account for their role in the insurrection. Because the real insurrection was later in the evening of January 6th when the guys in bad suits voted to throw out our democracy. And most of those traitors have walked away clean. But now for the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Jim Jordans, for the Jim Comers, my God, Jim Comer was spreading so much manure for Vladimir Putin. He's legally an undocumented worker at this point. And I think it's really fitting that Chuck Grassley, who is 90, will most likely in the first paragraph of his obituary be called out for being a willful liar trying to harm the United States presidency on behalf of Russian lies. That is going to be the last thing Grassley's known for. Uh, Comer deserves to spend a long time in jail for this. I'm not even exaggerating. He needs to go to jail for it. Jim Jordan knew he was lying. He deserves to be on trial for this. And honestly, the only question to me is, what is Hunter Biden's lawsuit going to look like on a scale of E. Jean Carroll to Smartmatic? Because the nice thing about not being in a cult, Allison, is I don't care what happens to Hunter Biden. If he broke the law, put him in jail. It's so nice not being in a cult and being allowed to say these things. But Homeboy's going to sue big for this, and there should be a lot of heads rolling. I don't know if that'll ever happen when the New York Times puts this story on page A16. Right. But your work has been so great on this, and I'm talking about this on SiriusXM every night. This is huge. This isn't just Russia hacking our election and having Facebook accounts 
and thousands of Twitter bots designed to spread lies into our brains. This is American politicians who know they're pushing lies. They're doing it for airtime on Fox. They're doing it for donations. They're doing it for the clicks. Who knows how, what, how much they knew they were really doing it for Russia. But this is going to be the last nail in Giuliani's coffin as well. This is already the American political story of the year, possibly bigger than our election. Yeah, all the conspiracy that we were looking for in the Mueller investigation. Um, is Look at all the collusion, Allison. Look at all this fresh collusion. Yeah, it's it's still ongoing. Um, when when Mueller was asked if the Russians are going to do this in the future by Will Hurd, uh, he said they're doing it as we sit here and yeah. they intend to do it again in 2020. And they did. Yeah. And they're doing it now. Um, yeah. And so finally, somebody's kind of been indicted for it, oddly by the guy investigating Hunter Biden to cover up the cover up. But yeah. I mean, in 26, in 2016, Russia was pouring money into both the California secessionist movement and the Texas secessionist movement. Yeah. And that's not a surprise. America does this. You know this. We do. We interfere in foreign elections all over the world. But this is our politicians knowingly spreading Kremlin propaganda and doing it against the American government. This while is withholding fund uh, aid from Ukraine while withholding aid for our ally being attacked by the merciless empire they are spreading lies for. It's so enormous. Connecting the dots on this is going to take years. And most likely, I'm sad to say, a lot of these people are going to have to be dead for a long time before the full truth comes out because it's that dirty. But I, I, I really do believe this is the story of the year. And maybe that's why it's beginning so small. Uh, and I want to thank Eric Swalwell um, for mm -hmm. actually going out there and being a member in Congress who to start making noise about it because... This is all I want to hear from Congress. I don't even care about Donald Trump's shady real estate dealings. I don't think any Republicans, Allison, have apologized yet. And I'm waiting to hear if one of them is willing to choose the grace of apology over continuing the fraud. I think, you know, maybe Ken Buck got a little bit close on television. We just said, oh, we've known that this was this 1023 was a BS. Uh, but no, uh, yeah. we're sorry. No, yeah. uh, well, why didn't you stop the, the you know, I mean, he, I think he voted against the uh, impeachment inquiry, but uh, you could have you could have spoken up, my friend. Well, you know, there's a lot of Christians that really love bearing false witness, Allison, <laughs> and they will not punish politicians for bearing false witness if uh, if they enjoyed it. No, well, the speech or debate clause is totally covers up bearing false witness. Yeah. In fact, you can commit any of the commandments, you know, uh, violate any of the commandments. And Elon Elon Musk has taught me that uh, Russian disinformation is privileged, sacred free speech. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Everybody make Thank sure you. to tune in to Tell Me Everything on Sirius XM Progress, Channel 127, weeknights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, and the John Fugelsang Show podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, it's been great to talk to you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Allison. You're the best. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And we need it today. If you have any good news, confessions, corrections, what the mutt, cat me if you can, opine on the bovine, what the heck wine, what's the model of your oxalotl? Um, I could use some baby pictures. Definitely. Any baby pictures that you have, frog orgies, send that to us. Theses and dissertation titles, good news stories about healthcare at the VA. Your student debt relief stories are really uplifting. Wobby stories, blanky stories, shout outs, self shout outs. Send those. We need those self shout outs. Um, and, and a shout out to somebody that you love, small business in your area, adoptable pet in your area. If you can't pay pod pet tax, send it all to us. Everything, all like I want it all. I want an avalanche of good news to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from anonymous pronouns, he and him, but my wife likes to call me Bob when we miscommunicate. <laughs> Just wanted to say thank you. That thing you say at the end of every show, take care of yourself. It took nearly two years of hearing you say it, about five days a week. But back in November, it finally got me to do something. Things really got to me during the pandemic. And while I long promised my wife I wouldn't be one of those men who ignore medical problems because I'm too manly to need help and have lived up to that promise, somehow I failed to include mental health in the scope of things that I wouldn't ignore. Long story short, about three months ago, I started seeing a therapist 
and started to talk over a few things that have been bothering me for a while. It, has, it hasn't been some miracle, but it's been good. And the therapist has helped me get past some things that my thoughts have been stuck on and even helped me understand my wife better and be a better husband. I'm in a better place both in my mental well-being and with my relationship with my spouse, and I feel more assured about my ability to continue to strive and thrive. If it wasn't for your constant command to take care of yourself, I don't believe I would have ever made a decision to go. So thank you and keep it up. Thank you so much, AG. This one's from NDOT, pronouns she and they. My dearest Dana, oh goodness, um, and AG too, thank you for showing up exactly as you are every single day, but especially today. Ever since I was a kid, I've been pushing for authenticity in a world that seemed determined to make me hide behind a veneer. I learned long ago I was not the only one pushing for that. It takes bravery and self-love and perseverance to show up as ourselves. And so I'm sending you big hugs for coming in raw. Your truth is the key that unlocks the prisons for others. Oh my that God. was beautifully said. Thank you, NDOT. Picks included are my now 13-year-old baby. <laughs> Margaret Scratcher, ready for one of DG Scala's, <laughs> and Bus Buds, Olive, and Henry. Look at this child. Oh, the face on this kid is amazing. Is perfection. And that cat, little tuxedo, ready to go to a gala with me. Margaret Scratcher. Oh, goodness. Oh, so good. Thank you so much for the kind words. Oh, truly, goodness. truly. Next up... We're going to do it. We're going to get through the show today. We're going to get through the show, y'all. And God then, damn whoo, it. boy. It's the last thing I do. Um, <laughs> I actually would rather not. I There's nowhere I would rather be, actually. No, no. Than right here. Uh, Tiffany, pronoun she and her. Thank you for your pods, AG, Dana, and Pete and Andy. I would like to offer that the faith tradition in which a potential juror was raised doesn't necessarily reflect their current views. For example, by the time I was in college, while a practicing Roman Catholic, I disagreed with the church about homosexuality, among other things. And later in my adulthood, I became Episcopalian. So the question about the faith I was raised in would not accurately reflect my views. And there are so many people like me. I'll happily share a pic of my Pierre for Pod Pet Tax, whom I love very much, even when he annoyingly wakes me for breakfast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I agree baby. with that, Tiffany, 100%. I'm not exactly sure how the questioning went. I think it was more along the lines of, like, the question was, do you believe homosexuality is a sin? Yeah. And like, so it was, currently. like, a more present question. Um, but I absolutely believe that as well. In fact, a lot of LGBTQ people are indoctrinated in the church when they're young, thinking homosexuality is a sin. Mm -hmm. And they push it down. I mean, the Mormon faith, my God, especially people told, you know, you can be gay, but never act on it. Like, the mindfuckery of that. But I am so happy to hear, regardless of the, you know, the church and the Roman Catholic upbringing, that you are so lovely and accepting and not just accepting, but believe, you know, don't believe those things that the churches, some churches, some churches are teaching our youth. So I, I agree with you. There are a whole lot of people that they tried to tell that was bad, homosexual was bad, mm. and they were younger and they, they think for themselves. And it's a beautiful thing. That's why we are here. Yeah, early, my early Catholic schools were that, but my later Catholic school was a very progressive Jesuit. Uh, but yeah, good point taken, right? Um, I think they're asking about what you currently think, but yeah, that's an important point. Next up from Jenny, no pronouns. Hello, lovely beans, queens. I felt the need to write in to comment on the feelings Dana shared. I have often felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders and some days it feels too much to bear. Uh, I had my own bout with that. Uh, that weight last week. I attribute mine mostly to menopause uh, with the addition of WTF is going on in the world right now. Anyway, I tried to explain to my husband that I just feel like all my emotions are right at the surface and it's like a volcano about to erupt and I don't know if I need to scream or cry or if I'm going to lash out at the next person I see. I've always felt things deeply, but between hormonal changes and age, I'm a little better at communicating them and recognizing that I'm not crazy or overly emotional, but sometimes we just have to get through it the best we can. I love this community because we can feel open and sharing whatever's on our minds. So thanks for being there and being the light many of us need in what feels like dark times. Pod Pet Tax is mojo. He's too smart for his own good sometimes and gets in a lot of trouble, but he loves a belly rub and he makes most days better. <laughs> I love that. He's beautiful. Jenny, thank you for, for writing in about this. I think it's something that we don't talk about enough, especially as women. Um, 
and actually, I should even say just women, there's other people that experience um, menopause symptoms, depending on the hormones that they are on, meaning there are still trans men that experience this as they get older. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the thick of it. And so I, I you know, I, I don't think people talk about this enough. AG, I know you and I do. And I started young. My mom went through uh, menopause at 43. I started mine there as well. And um, I know that I don't necessarily process things in the ways that I used to. And my emotions can fluctuate based on my hormones and my hot flashes and everything else. And so I appreciate the reminder to have grace with ourselves, especially the women. You know, there's not enough research on this. And guys, I'm not slamming you, but the, the reason there's not enough research on menopause is because it doesn't happen to men. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, I'm here to tell you, I take hormones so that I can feel more like the <laughs> the gender that I want to feel like. Yeah. Um, and it helps, but yeah, it can be tough. Yeah, it is. But Jenny, thank you so much for that. And sending you love and grace as well as we should with everyone that it just feels like we're right at that fucking tip of blowing up right now because we are doing the best we can. Uh, this one's from Nicole, no pronouns given. Hi, sweet beans, loyal listener here, and I've been meaning to write in to share a student debt relief story. Oh, good. My husband turned 50 last year, and we knew that the loan payments would be starting up again very soon once summer rolled around. We'd always just assumed we would be paying them into retirement, barely chipping away at the principal and drowning in interest. One day I grabbed the mail, and sure enough, a letter from Mohila. I thought, here it comes. Turns out it was a letter that starts with, congratulations, the Biden-Harris administration has forgiven your student loans listed below with Mohila in full. About $20,000 that we will never have to worry about again. We stared at each other in disbelief. We cheered, hugged, then tucked that letter away in a safe feeling like it was a dream. I can only hope many, many more will get to experience that feeling very soon because it was unreal. Keep doing what you're doing. You ladies are my heroes. Congratulations, Nicole and Hubs. Next up from Mariah, pronouns she and her. I have a shout out for the VA, a big one. I'm not a veteran, but my 79-year-old father is, and he gets great care from the VA. He has primary progressive multiple sclerosis. He's been in elect an electric wheelchair since 2010, which he got from the VA. They built ramps on his house. They helped him get the wheelchair accessible minivan. They pay for five hours on in-home CNA care per day. And our caregivers are, are amazing people. But the best part of his care is his primary care doctor. She's an amazing little Asian woman who looks him dead in the eye as she's standing. <laughs> and he's sitting in his wheelchair. And she has a special degree in dealing with salty, stubborn veterans. One day, a few years ago, we went in for his annual physical and she was going through all his vaccinations. She asked him if he had his pneumonia vaccine and he said, no, I don't want that one. I do want the shingles vaccine though. And she crossed her arms over her chest and took a breath. Then she held one finger out and waved it back and forth at him as she said, no pneumonia, no shingles. And her arm returned to her chest. They stared at each other. They stared some more. It was like a showdown in an old Western movie. I swear I saw a tumbleweed blow through and heard a coyote howl. <laughs> Finally, my dad relented and got both shots. <laughs> I think about this moment a lot and thank the VA daily. Dad has had really great quality of life, given where he is with this god-awful disease. So thank you, AG, for your work with the VA. It's truly life-saving. And a big thank you to all the caregivers out there. For Pod Pet Tax, I include a pic of my dad, my brother, and my wee hammy McBacon fat. Oh, it's hammy McBacon fat. <laughs> As he sits at the table like a person for dinner. This is the schnauzer. Remember hammy McBacon Yes, fat? I do. This is great. Thank you so much, Mariah. Thank you for no, this story. We've got another one. This is from Magdalena. No pronouns given. Student loan forgiveness. Ooh, ooh. Last summer, President Biden did what no one else has ever done for me. Giving me a piece of my life back. Gave me peace of mind and the ability for the first time to buy a home for me and my son. I was the first person in my family to go to college. I lost my only parent as a sophomore, and I continued to put myself through college, ending up with $22,000 in student loan debt when I graduated in 1998. I've been paying in repayment for over 25 years and paid off almost all of the original balance, but I still had another 45000 that was owed in compounded interest over That's 25 years. That is fucking insane. More than twice the loan amount. In July, coincidentally close to my 47th birthday, I got the email that my balance was forgiven. 
I tell you, I had to read that email at least 10 times. Yeah. I have another person read it before I could wrap my brain around it. When the SCOTUS killed the original $20,000 forgiveness I qualified for, it was a gut punch. I allowed myself a brief moment of hope that the albatross I carried for more than half of my life was finally getting a small break only to have it ripped away. Then when President Biden pivoted, I didn't bother to hope. I didn't expect to cover my debt, but then that magical email arrived. I'm now finally able to start the home buying process, allowing my son and I to finally have something that is ours, Mm -hmm. something I've worked for my entire life. I'm nearly 48 years old, single mother of a 17-year-old son, about to start college for the first time. I feel like I can breathe. If all goes well and I can come up with the rest of the closing costs this summer, we move into our forever home. And then promptly thereafter, my son will start his college career in art and drawing. Hmm. Yep. Now my main concern is making sure that my son doesn't need any student loans. But if he does, I will work my tail off so that he never has to suffer the way I did. Beautiful photo. Absolutely. Thank you so much. These are awesome. I mean, the student loan forgiveness, I know it's, 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 it does, it seems, it may seem like a strange, like, like a, not flashy thing for us to cover. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but when you hear these stories, I hope you really hear like this person had a $25,000 loan and they still, even after paying it off 45 for 25 000. years, owed $45,000. Like the system is fucked. Mm-hmm. System is fucked. And this president is the only one that has been able to try and unfuck the system. Mm-hmm. And he is doing it. And he and Kamala Harris, they are doing it. He's not afraid that billionaires and bankers hate him. Nope. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you all so much. Please send in all the good news ever that you ever had. Think back to your childhood. Think of good, think of all the good news stories that you've ever experienced and send them to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. (laughs) Thank you all. Um, Just thank you for being here, listening. It seriously, um, these kinds of communities are life changing and it's changed mine. And I really appreciate that. And, um, but I, you know, and Dana, thank you for existing. I'm so happy to know you and everything that you do. Thank you. And you as well. And, you know, I said earlier, I'm so exhausted and uh, it's only a fraction of what I can imagine trans and non-binary feeling people are feeling right now, not to mention our, our communities of color and women. And I mean, anyone that is a minority in this country right now, we are tired. It's we cannot stop fighting. We cannot I'm, stop. Fighting. I'm so super privileged and I'm tired. It's, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And my heart goes just out to everybody. And we're here for you. Absolutely. And we'll be here for you on Monday too. Um, and so we look forward to that. So everybody have have a great weekend. Take some time for yourself. Um, be kind to yourself. Well, you know what? I cover that in my sign off, don't I? Take care yeah. of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. Absolutely, everybody. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. 
they were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.